0: By Didier Drogba. Yeah, this yes! the greatest night in Chelsea's history. Champions of Europe at last.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Fulham Road Podcast. Today, this is episode four. Today, we have a bit of a very special episode because. uh Josh has actually decided to take us back into the past and relive the Champions League glory that was 2012. But before we get into that, we're also going to be talking about the game that just finished literally minutes ago, the Chelsea vs Salzburg game. And we're also going to be talking about the Eden Hazard slander on the timeline. So yeah, my name's Dami and I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Josh. What are you doing saying? What are you saying, Josh. Um, Back again, back again. We're both here, ready to get this going. Perfect. So, I mean, for this episode, we're going to start off with the Chelsea versus Salzburg game. So, Josh, what was your take on that match?
0: Well, for me, the first half, I'm going to break it down because for me, we started playing much worse when all the subs came on. So for me, that first half was the best half that we've had all preseason. That was an absolutely brilliant half. I thought Pulisic was very good today. I thought that Barkley, again, played very well today. I thought that Mateo Kovacic was, again, superb. And, yeah, I mean, going on to the second half, I thought, you know, Michi had a really good finish for his goal. But overall, like, the second half team, like, the subs that came on, the defending was very poor. Yeah. It was very poor. Two very sloppy goals to concede. An awful penalty to concede from Zappa Costa. And mm. then, I don't even know what the hell happened for the last goal. That was just terrible.
1: Mm. Mm. Yeah, I do agree with you about basically everything. I'd just like to add, uh, obviously for me, Pulisic was absolutely... I mean, Captain America, for God's sake. Like, What mm. would you expect? Two fire goals. My man's going to tear the Premier League up. Nicholas who?
0: Nicholas
1: who? I mean, before I get all controversial, but I mean, I really did enjoy Pulisic's performance. I absolutely loved Ross Barkley. Ross Barkley was absolutely brilliant in this match. And his pass to Pedro as well, that was was sublime. Also his pass to Pulisic. His two
0: assists
1: were amazing. They were absolutely magnificent, in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, those were the two major good takeaways from that match for me. I mean, I think, overall, the first-half squad was really good. But, God damn, the defending... Yeah. Jesus, Kepper is an absolutely world-class keeper, in my opinion. I mean, he is very, very good. And he made some really important saves. If not, the scoreline was going to be a bit different. But, come on! I mean... If we're going to play like that against a Liverpool or something, like, if we score five goals against Liverpool, they're going to score like 17. Against, they're going to score way more than we are. So we can't afford to outscore every op- opponent we play, if you get what I mean. Yeah. So we definitely need to work on our defending. We really need to work on our defending. But overall, I did really enjoy the match. Do you have any more comments on the match?
0: No, I basically
1: said what I wanted to say. All right, fair enough. Now, another thing on the timeline that's really getting me annoyed. The Eden Hazard slander from Real Madrid fans. Like,
0: come yeah. on,
1: guys. What are you saying? Like, Hazard hasn't... Like, Hazard always does this during pre-season. Yeah. So, like, I mean, we as Chelsea fans are very used to this and I'm Madrid fans are not. But, come on, he's going to turn up during the season. And for God's sake, if you don't want him... I mean, Hazard, if you're listening to this podcast, fam, fam, we take you back instantly. Like, we let you back in. Oh, God. But what are your thoughts on that?
0: My thing is, it's it's typical of Real Madrid fans. Is Hazard doing well in preseason? No, but Hazard's going to start performing for you in around, like, the beginning of October. That's when you're going to hmm. start seeing yeah. the best of Eden Hazard. And from then on, he's going to be brilliant for Real. So it's like... Jesus Christ, you know, these these fuckers are so ungrateful. They won three Champions Leagues in a row. And in, you want to know what was amazing to me when they won their third? They were still bitching about being behind Barcelona and La Liga. They were actually complaining about winning the Champions League. Like, that's how ungrateful these fans are. So it doesn't surprise me at all.
1: Mm. I mean, just for me, like you said... They're really just, they're shocking fans. They're absolutely shocking and uh, they really need to stop slandering my boy Hazard because I could no longer take this. Also, another thing I'm seeing on the timeline that I just remembered that is really ticking me off is the number of fans that are absolutely reducing, like, I, wouldn't, I don't know how to word this correctly, but basically attacking Nicolas Pepe. And Paulo Dybala because of their move to Arsenal and potentially Manchester United. I mean, yeah. guys, like these are guys that, I mean, I can't, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. If we were not, if we didn't have a transfer ban, regardless of if we had Loftus-Cheek or Mason Mount or Barclay or whatever, I swear to God, if Dybala was available in the market, I'd be rushing this guy. Like, seriously. No, Even I wouldn't. It, I, I mean but well, this is personal. I mean person oh, yeah. my personal opinion, I absolutely love Dybala. And but even if you don't like Dybala, the point I'm trying to get across is these are world class players and just because they're not signing for your team it doesn't mean you should attack them. You get what I mean? Yeah.
0: Well the thing is 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 Dybala coming as a poker replacement, you know what I mean? Is Bruno Fernandez coming? That we have to we need to just, you know, sit tight and see how everything shapes up because you know, United have been linked with Bruno Fernandes for two months now, and they still haven't gotten through the door. You know, they've been linked with the Bala for, you know, a little bit. Uh, apparently his agent is in Manchester, you know, but we'll just see how everything pans out, because don't doubt the inability of these two clubs to get transfers done, and especially meaningful transfers over the past few years. Mm. That's all I'm going to say about that.
1: All right, fair enough, fair enough. So that is it for the Twitter section for today. So from this point onwards, this is basically Josh's thing. And just like you guys, I have absolutely no idea how this is going to go. I mean, usually we have like a a plan. I know what's going to happen, but I have absolutely no idea as hell. So Mm. this is going to be interesting for me too. So guys, i hand it over to Josh. Right, so if you're listening to this right now, I
0: want you to hit pause. I want you to go get, you know, whatever. Get food, get a drink, get something. Get yourself in the right state of mind because what we're about to take you through is, first of all, we're going to take you through the story of the Champions League of that season and our run in it. And then, second of all, we're going to just, you know, run through some general questions. But anyway, let's get into the story part of it. So, to start off with, we have you know Chelsea just finishing first in the group it's late 2011 so we finished with 11 points and our group had Valencia Bayer Leverkusen and gang so we finished fourth in, first in the group sorry and you know then we had the draw and for me I remember being very very nervous for the draw because our form was quite poor mm-hmm. you know we that we weren't even remotely close to our best that season especially in the league Mm. and I was just very nervous for the draw. So how are you, do you remember how you were feeling for the draw?
1: I mean, I remember when, I mean, I just remember, because like we were playing so badly, and a lot of people seem to forget that. I mean, it's well deserved to forget that, but we, we finished sixth that season.
0: Yeah.
1: We finished sixth. It just shows you how bad and atrocious our league form was. So for me, getting out of the groups was already like, whew. Relieved, but little did I know what was coming on after that. But, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, anyway, just a quick recap. So, obviously, we drew SSC Napoli. And Napoli, Mm. at that time, was a very, very good side. Very strong side. They had the likes of um, Edinson Cavani, and they had Levetzi as well. Oof prime Cavani, man. Yeah, two players that really stood out to me and their team. But anyway, um, it had, the time had come for the first leg away in Naples. So I remember, you know, before the first leg, I was absolutely brooking it because I was just, I was, I was thinking it's going to be awful, you know. How, what were you thinking
1: before the first leg? I mean, before the first leg, like I said, I was absolutely, I mean, come on. like, I mean, obviously back then, I don't know about you, but me, I'm too tactically aware I mean, I just used to watch football, like, oh, it's football. And I knew that Napoli, up until now, I watch all the leagues when I can. And I like to watch certain teams. And I remember watching Napoli and being like, God, these guys are going to absolutely shred us <laughs> when we played against them. And uh, I mean, they didn't prove me wrong, but still, I'm I'm going to let you take off from there.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, um, obviously, Mato gave us a pretty early lead off of, a pretty lucky goal in my opinion. So we got that early lead, but then we just, we pretty much fell apart and it ended 3-1 Napoli. And I was just thinking, after that first leg, I was thinking, there's Mm -hmm. no way, you know what I mean? Absolutely no way. Um, But yeah, I mean, obviously we still had it it all to play for. We've had some famous comebacks at Stamford Bridge. So that now brings us to the second leg, And for me, on that night, going into the second leg, if I knew one thing, it was I knew that the old guard was going to show up. Even if we won or lost, I knew that they were going to show up. And did they show up, you know? So basically, yeah, I mean, (laughs) Drogba opened the scoring in the first half. And then um, Terry obviously got a second second for us after the... um, corner just in the beginning of the second half and then you know Inler got one back for Napoli and Hmm. at that point I was like you know it it, we've done all we can really the squad is like you know it's very old it's on its last legs how are you feeling when Inler um put Napoli ahead on aggregate
1: I mean for me it was just like I mean one, it's one of those things where, like, you know how you feel like, oh, okay, this is for later on, I'm guessing, because it's also related to the Champions League. But I mean, I just couldn't, like, you know, you, you know when you're, on a, when you're unease, like you're not at peace when yeah. you're watching something that you're not entirely confident in, especially when, like, you know, when you know you're not expecting to do well, but yeah. then you end up um, showing like signs of actually doing well. And then it's uh, all that effort you put in. Is about to be cut away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. I was just like, oh, God, what's going to happen now sort of thing. That's how I felt during that time. I mean, yeah. that's the best I can remember anyways. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much
0: how I felt as well. But anyway, the, the game went on and we got a penalty. And of course, you know, who else put to take it than Frank Lampard? Mm. Frank absolutely belts it in. You know, no placement whatsoever, just pure power. And 3-1, and it goes to extra time. Mm. And then going into extra time, I don't know about you, but I was thinking, like, it's at Stamford Bridge, you know, every, we've, just equal, we've just equalized on aggregate. Everything is kind of going for us sort of thing, you know. We, this is just, it's it's typical Chelsea to go on and just win this game in extra time. Mm. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Then Extra Time came on, and obviously, you know, we had Ramirez and then Drumpa with an insane well, skill, well. that turn. And then, of course, as the commentator says, Ivanovich!
1: <laughs>
0: and, yeah, I mean, we went through, and I mean, I- I'll never forget that, because it's like, you know, I think, for me, that's really where this fairy tale run all started, because I think when the players came back against Napoli, they really thought, you know, this is our last hurrah, basically, guys. This is our last chance sort of thing. We need, we need to do this for all the years that we've been screwed over. So I think that really,
1: mm. that,
0: that, that moment was a turning point in our season because we were just like, you know, no matter how poorly we're playing in the league, we're, we're Chelsea football club. We're going to win yeah. something, you know what I mean? So yeah, I
1: mean, how are you? How are you feeling
0: after that game?
1: I was absolutely like, like I said before. I was. Do you know that I just felt it, I, it was such a change. I mean, it's so interesting how your emotions about something or a club can change with one game. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Exactly. So, so I, when we won that match, and I was like, "This is actually happening!" Like we beat Napoli. And for those of the for those of the listeners who can necessarily remember the game I mean Nap- Napoli back then was I mean, even now they're still I mean not I don't think I personally don't think as much as before. But back then Napoli ooh Napoli was was something else. And for us yeah. to beat Napoli four one. Four one nah nah that is that was it was amazing. I felt on top of the world after that.
0: Yeah, it was absolutely insane. But, I mean, obviously, you know, we still had a quarterfinal to play. Mm. So, the draw draw had come and, you know, it wasn't exactly the hardest draw. But, obviously, there were teams in there that we'd rather not get. So, the teams that we could have got were Marseille, Bayern, Munich, Apoel, Real Madrid, Mm. Benfica, AC Milan, and, obviously, Barcelona. Mm. So... From the draw, obviously, we uh, got Benfica. And for me, I think, like, from that draw, we got pretty lucky. Because, obviously, Apoel would have been the team that we wanted to draw first. Mm. But, I mean, Benfica's probably the second, you know, second team that we would wanted to draw. Definitely not for yeah. like Real Madrid or Barcelona. So, mm. I feel like we definitely got pretty lucky. And, yeah, I mean... Going into the first game of the uh, quarterfinals, I mean, I was feeling pretty optimistic. You know, Benfica, I thought we were a better team than them. Uh, at the end of the day, we ended up being a better team than them. So how did you feel going into it?
1: I mean, to be very honest, at that time, for me, I was just like, who's but like Benfica? What is a Benfica sort of thing? I was like, who? Why? What? what? Yeah, I mean, I was yeah. expecting, I mean, but still putting in... The fact that I by this time I'm starting to separate our league form and our champions league form. I wasn't necessarily like, oh, so like let's not let's not forget about our league form and everything else. Like this is this was a special moment against uh, against this was the special moment against Napoli. So I'm just like, ooh, against Benfica. I'm expecting us to beat them which we I mean, which we which we did, but yeah, that's how I was feeling at that time.
0: Yeah, I mean for me going into the first leg and going into the tie overall, I was I was pretty confident. I thought that we would definitely get the upper hand on Benfica. And, you know, first leg went really well for us away at Benfica. We we ended up winning 1-0, you know, thanks to a late Solomon Kalou goal. And really, we came away with what we needed, a clean sheet and an away goal going back to the bridge. Mm. So every everything was poised for us, you know. Everything was poised for us to you know, win that second leg and carry on to the semi-finals of the Champions League. So, mm. I mean, going into the uh, second leg, obviously, I was, I was still confident, you know, the mm. same way I was going into the first leg. Were, were you uh, sharing the confidence that I had, do you think?
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, we had beaten Benfica 1-0. Like, basically, the odds were stacked against Benfica.
0: Right.
1: So, for me, I was just like, come on, like, this is like we we played away we beat them away we scored a goal so like we just i mean yeah we could literally have defended that and then they wouldn't have been a problem you get what i mean
0: yep, definitely. yeah definitely so i mean with the second leg i mean you know we you know we went up 1-0 thanks to a lampard penalty again um, Yeah. and then Benfica had a man sent off before halftime as well. So, I mean, when that happened, I was pretty much thinking, okay, tie is over. We're in the semifinals mm-hmm. sort of thing.
1: Now um, that you say this, sorry to interrupt, but I remember this game very vividly as you yeah. describe it. Yeah, carry on though. Yeah, get to yeah, my favorite part. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then, I mean, obviously, um, Benfica had a late equalizer. and I was thinking, what? Like, surely not, you know. And then, but luckily, Morella's stormed down the end of the pitch. Oh,
1: that And goal. that finish, that finish. I can never, ever forget the celebrations as well. God. That, I know. Oh, that was such a... I mean, it wasn't so... I mean, it was... I wouldn't say... It wasn't necessarily, like, the most important goal we scored. But, I mean, like, the way we... That was classic Chelsea. Like, the counter-attack... And the way he—I remember the goal so—I he, he lifted the ball over. I can't remember who it was. Yeah. And then he just ran down. I remember Ramirez running by the side. Everyone is thinking right. he's going to pass, and then he absolutely belts it into the top corner. And my yeah. man goes there with one of the most iconic celebrations—at least for me—that yeah, was. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah.
0: That's that celebration. You know that especially in front of the shed like last minute it was just it was insane it was such a great memory you know obviously this this whole campaign was you know such a great memory but that one really really stands out just because of the way how like how you said it was so typical Chelsea and Mm. how everything was going you know what I mean so yeah I mean after he's done that you know everyone's obviously leaving the bridge for me I've You know, just turning off the TV pretty much and trying to process the fact that we're in the semi-finals of the Champions League. You know, this is... A a Champions League win is potentially three games away. You know what I mean? Like, that that was crazy, you know? Especially, like, again, I'll keep saying it, but especially considering our league form, that was... it was insane. But anyway, you know... We had the semi-final draw, and obviously, any one of these teams would have been fucking hard. Really, really difficult. So, obviously, the three teams that we could have got were Bayern, Real, and Barca. And, I mean, if you don't know who we drew, are you a Chelsea fan at this point? Like, I'm just like, you know what I mean? But, obviously, we drew Barcelona... A familiar foe a familiar enemy oh god we needed to settle that beef from three years ago the three years prior sorry and yeah I mean
1: how are you feeling when we drew Barcelona I mean I had I mean I was I had I remember this very well because I remember watching the Barcelona game I because I mean I was like 10 I mean the one when we played in 2009 yeah I, mean, I was absolutely gutted cuz i mean i had just started playing football and everything so for me i was so disappointed so when we caught barcelona in the semi-finals i had this you know that uh, you know when you have this thing of revenge and you have the chance yeah. to i mean obviously i was very afraid cuz i mean i mean that was prime messi wasn't it that season 11 yeah. 12 that was well, prim- i mean oh, 11 12 12
0: 13 but really just yeah. 2012 because yeah, i mean that was 2012 that was, messi 91 goals in a calendar
1: year. Oh Jesus. So for me I was like, God, like this guy, like and Barcelona as a whole, I mean you still had Iniesta and Jack. Oh god, that team was absolutely that was a world class team. So for me, I was like obviously extremely scared, but yeah. that little hint of revenge was obviously still there as well. Because I was like, This is the this is the chance we have you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah.
0: So, I mean, for me going into that game, I mean, I obviously, you know, I felt like we could get revenge, like there was potential revenge on the cards. However, I was just looking at that Barcelona side, you know, they won the Champions League the season before. they were absolutely destroying everyone in La Liga. Um, that team was, for me, the best team in the world that year. Um, like you said, prime Messi. I was just looking at the entire team and thinking, there's no way. You know, even, even if, you know, the, the luck gods are on our side and the football gods are on our side, there is just no way that we win this. But obviously, you know, we still had to go out and play. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, we went out and played, and did we play? Like, first, um, you know, first leg, Drogba puts us up 1-0 in the first half. I'm thinking, What?
1: Well, mm. Also, I that Ramirez,
0: that. that Ramirez pass again, such a typical <sighs> counter attack Chelsea goal.
1: That, like I keep saying, that is uh, that is prime. That was the def. That is, I think that Champions League run was the definition of Chelsea. You know what I mean? Yep. That was Chelsea counter attacking Chelsea. That was Chelsea showing Chelsea spirit, the never die attitude. So yeah, that that was oh. Oh God, that those two matches. I mean, I kind of the second one, but carry on, man, carry on.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that goal was just typical Chelsea, and then for the rest of the first leg, um, you know, I re- I remember just sitting on my sofa, just praying, absolutely, just like praying. Like Messi, obviously, you know, he chipped, check and Ashley Cole had that goal line saving clearance, mm. you know. That, that first leg was a ridiculous defensive performance from us. The fact that yeah. we managed to get out of there with a clean sheet was huge. It was okay. um, absolutely immense, and it was crucial for us going into the second leg. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously we had a second leg to play. We're 1-0 against Barcelona going to the Camp Nou. Um, how are you feeling again? Because, I mean, for me, going into this game, I was thinking... H- again, how are we going to do this? How are we going to hang on? Because surely, surely we can't perform the same way we did the last game.
1: For me personally, I remember because, like, when we scored, like when we scored, like for me, us scoring one nil at home was the equivalent of like I don't know if you've ever had uh, if you've ever had experience like it was the equivalent of having you know when you get to uh, um, when you get teased like a bully. <laughs> you're yeah, in yeah. class but the bully can't do jack to you. Yeah. So for me going to the Camp Nou was getting on the playground and like facing the bully head on because the Camp Nou that is a scary stadium to go to man. Absolutely massive with all the fans chanting. Oh no 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 no. I mean I was I still didn't have hopes for that because I mean Barcelona that Barcelona could have beaten us 5-0 at the Camp Nou and that would have been the end of it. You know what I mean? So All right,
0: all right. Um yeah, I mean for me going into it I was like, you know, it, it's 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 one of those where it's like we're going to the camp new. Mm. We've you know, we've gotten a draw there before. yes um, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like are are we gonna be able to pull off a result here again? You know what I mean? Are we gonna be able to show the Chelsea spirit like you've mentioned? Are we gonna be able to do all these things and, I mean, going into it, I was just, overall, I was just absolutely freaking it. And mm. I remember, for the second leg, have you uh, seen that video online of uh, the Chelsea pub going mental with,
1: when Torres scored the equaliser? I saw that. I mean, yeah, like, that match, you, see, look, the thing is, to show you how ridiculous that match was, I had a relative, an aunt, who told me—I mean, she told a 13 or 12-year-old me at the time—that if we managed to get to the finals of the Champions League, she would run around naked. Hmm. <laughs> like that's how much everyone doubted Chelsea that 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 Champions League campaign. So for me, oh God, God, when Ramirez, oh God, nah, that was that was yeah, so but anyway, when Ramirez came... yeah, carry on.
0: Anyway, what I was going to say is, like, I, I, was, I was in that pub for that game. Like, I mm. remember watching it. I was, like, 10-year-old me or something in that pub with my dad. Mm. And I was just, like, obviously, I was terrified for that game. I was so scared. Um, but, I mean, obviously, we're going to have to get into it. So, you know, Barcelona, before we, before we knew it, before we could uh, catch our breath... Barca was up 2-0, and Terry gets mm. sent off. Mm. And at that point, I'm thinking,
1: there's, no, fuck,
0: there's no fucking way. Game over.
1: Mm. But
0: then, our current manager, probably our best player of all time, pull on a mm. Chelsea shirt. Frank Lampard plays one of the best passes I've ever seen in my life. Mm. The way it cuts out three players, the way he's playing it off-balance, he plays it through to Ramirez, and that chip My God, I remember thinking, okay, there's no way we don't go through the final now. It's our destiny. Everything, everything has been thrown against us, and we're still finding a way. We're still somehow coping, like barely. We're holding on by the string of our teeth, but we're holding on. And I remember thinking when Ramirez did that, like, all right, we basically, you know, get to half time, get to half time we got the half time then obviously you know we have 45 minutes to defend for our lives against probably the best attacking team in the world at that time
1: mm.
0: and my god I, you know defensive performances are a theme with this champions league run but
1: yeah yeah
0: that defensive performance in that second half it was partially luck it was partially you know good defending but at the end of the day, for me, it was just blood, sweat, and tears.
1: That—that's literally that diehard Chelsea yeah. spirit. That was what took us through that game. That's what took us from the beginning to the end, honestly. Yeah. So And then
0: obviously, you know, we clear the ball. Torres is free. Ooh! Rounds rounds the keeper, and when he rounds the keeper, I I just lose my shit. I didn't even see the goal. I just I remember beer flying everywhere i was just i think i was thrown on the floor or something i didn't give a shit i was just jumping around i was just i i absolutely lost it
1: that one goal that one goal was worth 50 million pounds for that torres everyone absolutely forgot about completely if i'm not mistaken that was the season where he made that horrendous miss against united yeah it was it was Oh, I mean, everyone completely, like Torres, My, Torres was the one, I mean, of obvi- I mean, we never can actually tell, because Barcelona could, because a lot of people come up to me and say, oh, I mean, Torres didn't need to score that goal for us to get through. I mean, if he didn't score that goal, there's a really high chance that Barcelona could have scored a goal in that period. You get yes. what I mean? Last so few minutes, I, we were on our last limbs, you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. So, that was one of, that was a very critical goal very memorable the way he ran and then rounded uh, was it Valdez yeah and then yeah just in the back of the neck can't forget that I remember I cried from excitement that was one was wonderful game and also all my uncles there Arsenal fans fucking nonsense all of them were <laughs> just like making like oh I mean everyone was like trying to get Barcelona to win and everything but fam imagine being a 13-12 year old boy in the midst of older men and then your yeah. team scores. I mean obviously I had to dumb down on that celebration. If not, I'm gonna get my ass kicked in it. So like <laughs> Yeah. That was that was that that's my memory of that goal. But that was yeah. that is one thing I have as I speak to you. I can see that I can remember that exact like I remember everything perfectly well. Where I was how it happened, how I celebrated, how I numbed my celebration, and how my aunt quickly said that she was not going to do what she said she was going to do. So, <laughs> yeah, that that, that that was brilliant, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I I just remember being out in, uh, on the
0: Fulham Road, funnily enough, the name, of the, <laughs> the name of the podcast, but I remember being out on the road afterwards, and just, uh, you know, traffic was halted, everyone was celebrating, I mean, Chelsea Football Club was back at the Champions League final, you know. We had, um, you know, given Barcelona what they deserved from three years ago. And it was really everything was like, we've come too far to fuck this up now. You know what I mean? We've come too far. We've worked too hard. We've run too far. We've done everything. And now we're in the final against... Bayern Munich, and may I remind you that this is Bayern Munich with pretty much Prime, Robin and Ribery. That's in in their home stadium, in Munich, you know, and we're going to have to go there and win. And I'm just thinking, like, at this point, for me, I was like, we've come too far to lose this now. We've come too far to lose this now.
1: Is that how you felt?
0: Yeah, I literally I mean, for felt... Me,
1: for me, I was like, well, I mean, Mandem's done really well. So, like, if we can win this... I mean, well, I mean, I did ha- kind of have that as well. But for me, it was more of a, if we don't win this, this was really, really impressive. But, I mean, once again, really massive disappointment if we don't get it. But, yeah. Yeah, I
0: mean, for me, I was just going into it. I was, like, obviously super nervous. Every, every, every emotion under the sun I was feeling. Mm. And again, you know, we went into that game without John Terry, without you know, who was our captain. You know, he, he mm. led us, and obviously, we went into that game very weak. You know, we had like we
1: fucking Ryan Bertrand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was just
0: about to say Ryan Bertrand on the left wing. Um, left back. Yeah. No, 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 no. Was he playing left back? I think he was playing on the left wing. Really? I think, yeah, I, I remember him playing left wing. A, yeah, Ashley Cole was playing left back and Bertrand was playing left wing.
1: Oh, okay, fair enough. But,
0: I mean, yeah, it was, again, going to have to be a defensive masterclass if we wanted to win this final. Um, And, yeah, we, we got through the first 45 minutes, you know, defended well, did everything well, Chip, typical Chelsea so far. And then, you oh. know, same of the second half and then... I mean, how many times did they hit the ball as well? Yeah, I, mean, I know. It was, it was like, it was it was lucky, it was it was everything that you could have thought of in terms of like ways that some team is just so obviously inferior to another, but they're still going to end up winning.
1: The Chelsea way.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I looked, and then obviously we got to the second half, you know, same story in the second half pretty much, and then... The 83rd minute rolls around and Mueller scores, and I I remember I don't I don't know, and I'll let you get on to how you felt afterwards, but I just remember when Mueller scored, I remember I literally just I my knees hit the floor like I don't know, I, I can't describe it. I my just my knees hit the floor. And I just I cried and I started crying and I couldn't stop. Like I I, I was crying for like, you know, basically up until we got the corner until Torres won the corner and I just remember thinking this this is it this is our one chance so before before we obviously get onto the inevitable I'll let you say how you were feeling
1: I'm not going to lie to you Josh as ridiculous as what I'm about to say is and I'm not trying to get this get good content or anything I had the exact same reaction as you I was sat on the couch, I went up, and I went on my, I was on my knees as well, and I went straight into, cr- I'm not even kidding, it was the exact same reaction, I'm not going to lie to you, and then I felt the exact same way until we got that corner, and I was like, come on, I mean, surely someone's got to get that in, you get what I mean? So, yeah. I, 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 oh God, yeah, I remember that, I, it was the exact same, I, I felt the exact same way, and I did the exact same thing, mm-hmm. funny enough. Yeah, but
0: obviously, you know, Torres wins the corner.
1: It's Mata
0: Mata with the corner. I'm just looking around, I'm thinking, I'm asking for a miracle.
1: Mm.
0: And then, of course, you know, my favorite player of all time. um, Chelsea legend through and through. The best striker this club has ever seen. Mm. Didier Drogba, my God. Makes that near post run, connects with Matos' ball beautifully. Bullet header, no chance. Neuer saves it. He gets a hand on it, but because of the power, it goes in, and it's one-one. And I'm thinking, and I like for me, like like I said, I lost my shit with Torres goal. For mm. me, I was just, like, I went from crying tears of, like, pain to tears of joy. I just, I couldn't register the fact that we'd actually equalized on, like, our only chance possible, pretty much. Mm. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't register it, you know what I mean? How
1: how did you feel when we equalized? I was crying, yeah. Yeah.
0: Then when,
1: I mean, the corner came up, yeah. obviously I'm still crying, then my man's actually heads the ball into the net, and... You know one of them ones where you don't register what's happening. Like I couldn't, yeah. I, I genuinely couldn't register the fact that we had just scored. It didn't click until they blew the whistle and the commentator was like, "Oh, so we're going to go into extra time." That is when it finally clicked that, to- drug Drogba. I mean, it had to be like, come on, if you yeah. want, I mean. It had to be Drogba. I mean, if it wasn't Drogba scoring, that, I mean, John Terry was on the pitch. I mean, Lamps is a legend, but it had to be Drogba. And for me, it really honestly did not click until they blew the whistle and said it was extra time. Yeah, I mean,
0: I I don't even think it clicked until like a few minutes into extra time for me. Mm. But I mean, obviously going on to extra time and Drogba goes from hero to the villain in about like 15 minutes... You know, give, gives away that penalty. And I'm thinking, not like this. Not Iron Robin scoring a winning penalty.
1: Oh you know? uh, uh, Not like that. I don't know what you did, but what happened when that happened? Because, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. The rest of the match I was on my knees from that moment that uh, Muller scored. Yeah, till, uh, yeah. I mean that probably explains why I mean I hate kneeling down. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know, like God, I was on my knees throughout that that was pretty uncomfortable. But I mean, who gave a fuck at that time? For me, I was on my knees and then when Robin came up, obviously I'm sat here with I mean, obviously the same set of people I watch the uh the uh Barcelona away match with. Right. And I'm here. I get on my knees and I turn, I back the television. Then when I just hear that I mean you know that sound the ball makes when it hits like the uh what's it called? Oh you know the sound it makes when it hits the post? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean even my everybody was just silent like I mean I knew they're taking the penalty. And my uncles were silent as well, and my dad's friends and everyone. And like nobody was celebrating and like I heard that and for me I turned round and you just see that my man's missed. Fam! Like, my yeah. heart... Like, it was such a difficult match for me to watch. Honestly, it was a difficult match for me to watch. What about yeah, you? I, mean, I mean,
0: when 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 he missed that penalty, I mean, I was just looking at it, I was thinking, please, Petter, please do anything, do anything. And then he actually saves it, and I'm like, okay, it's... it's We have to win this now. Like, we've, you know... We've had grenades, rocket launchers, fucking tanks thrown at us. Mm. And still come through. You know what I mean? It's like, we've come too far to lose this now. Too far. Mm. And, yeah, when he saved that, I was just like, okay. It's going to have to go to penalties again, because that's what we're playing for. We're playing for penalties at this point. So, obviously, you know, it goes to pens. And, I mean, at this point, I'm just like, uh, like, I, I'm just, you know, everything comes back to me. Moscow, all that, all that shit. And I was just oh. not again, not again. And I remember I watched every single penalty from Moscow. So, from Munich, I didn't watch one. I just literally listened to what the commentator said because I was just turned around staring out my window.
1: You, I mean, we kind of had the same thing for me. I mean, after, was it matter that I missed? Yeah, God, Mata. Oh, Jesus. Jesus Christ. I started crying. I'm not even going to lie. I mean, what the fuck? I'm so What the fuck? But now that I think about it, I, w- I started crying, man. I really did. I was backing my television. I was on my knees as well. Yeah. And I didn't watch any penalty up until that very fateful one. That fateful penalty. You know the one I'm talking about, yeah?
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, do you have anything else to say before I go on with that? No, no, no. Go on, go on. I mean, because like, also for people listening to this podcast, if you haven't actually properly listened to the introduction to the podcast, like the intro music, the commentary from the beginning is my man D.D.A. Drogba. Yeah. Getting the ball. That is that. That is where the commentary came from. For those of you who didn't notice. That was... Oh, and I remember that penalty being so legendary because he didn't take too many steps backwards. It wasn't like a proper run-up either because my uncles were just told me that, oh, listen, Drogba's up next. And I mean, I'm still here crying and shit, yeah? And I mean, obviously... I mean, after, was it Schweinsteiger that hit the post? Yeah. And they bounced. Luckily, I still don't know how the ball didn't hit check and roll in. But, I mean, luck was just on our side of that night. So, for me... They told me that happened and they said Drogba was coming up. And if he scores that penalty, we're going to win the Champions League. For me, I'm just like, it's. I mean, I know I now feel at peace, honestly. It sounds a bit cliche, but I was no longer bothered. I just knew that when Drogba was dead, te- there was no force on earth that was preventing him from scoring that goal. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and yeah.
1: He took two steps backwards and everyone is like, well, what's this guy doing? He didn't have a run-up, nothing. And he just slots it onto the left-hand side of Neuer. And, uh... Oh, God, the celebrations. Jesus. God. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to run through the um, shootout as it happened. Mm. But
0: obviously, you know, Mata missed. Yeah. And at that point, I'm, like, I hear hear on the TV, you know, Mata's missed. And I'm thinking, oh, God. Not again. You know, and then... You know, obviously after um, Mata, Gomez scored, you know, and then... Wait, no, 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 no it wasn't Gomez, sorry. It was Lom. Lom scored first, and then Mata missed. So we were already 1-0 down. And then hmm. after that, I was just thinking, oh, no, oh, no. You know, it, it it can't end like this. We've come too far. You know, it's like this match really put me on a roller coaster of emotions like did pain. <laughs> like literally I I to this day I am surprised I didn't end up in the emergency room like from a heart attack or something. <laughs> but I mean yeah, it's like then after that, you know, all it scores, it's two nil Bayern. We ha- we basically have to score this next penalty to give us hope. And my guy David Louise, steps up and delivers one of the best penalties I have ever seen. Bullet to the top corner, literally unsavable. Yeah, I was just thinking. Like, obviously, I didn't watch it, but I heard. I heard the commentator, and I like turned around and watched the highlight quickly, and I was like, "Jesus, what a penalty!" But I mean, that's what we needed. And then. Obviously, you know, Neuer v. Czech, I'm thinking, come on, Czech, come on. It's Neuer, for God's sake, come on. And Czech gets like a fingertip to it, and it goes, and I'm thinking, no, like, why? Why? Like, that could have been it. That could have been the save we needed to get back in the shootout. And obviously, Lampard is up next. And, you know, for all of us that have watched Frank Lampard during his career, and especially with him in penalties... We just knew he was gonna belt it in, and I remember I remember the commentator saying, "Captain's penalty" when he scored, and that like, that's really like what I think of when I think of Frank Lampard because obviously he wasn't the captain. That was always J T, but mm-hmm. on that night he was the captain because he's the vice captain and J T was out, and I was just thinking, yeah, that that's that's like, you know, that's a leader right there. That's <laughs> That's a Chelsea legend. No matter what happens after this day, that's, that's who Frank Lampard is. And I mean, absolutely belts it into the roof of the net. And yeah, it's, we really, really need check. And of course, you know, Petr Cech, you know, our current uh, technical advisor, you know, just came back to the club. Petr Cech, the best keeper the Premier League has ever seen of course he's gonna step up of course he is it's all it should be check and check saves check saves and I'm just thinking at this point it has to be it has to be you know it's like it, we've come again I'm gonna keep saying it, I'm gonna sound like a, a broken record but we have come too far like come on we're so damn close we are so close Ashley Cole equalizes for us and just puts it in the corner. Um, I think Neuer got his fingertips to it, and I was thinking, like, Jesus, this is it. This is the last round. Like, check. Whatever you just did, I need you to do it again. And my God, he got his fingertips to it, and it hit the post, and I was thinking... I Like, I just turned around when he said he hit the post because I didn't believe him. I didn't believe the commentator. I thought he was lying. Uh-huh. And... I just remember seeing, like, he's actually missed. And I remember Schweinsteiger pulling his shirt up over his head. And I was like, it's happening. Uh. It's, it's happening. Like, it, everything we've been waiting for, all the hardship, you know. Liverpool, 2004-05, you know. Moscow, Barcelona, 8 All of the shit that we've had to go through in the Champions League. All of the times that we've been screwed over. Can literally all be forgotten with one kick of a ball. One, literally one kick of a ball. And I didn't want anyone else to take it besides Didier. Uh. And like you, like you were saying with his two step run up, I'm like, what are you doing? Belt it. You know what I mean? Uh. But of course, my guy has the composure and just sends Nora the wrong way. And I remember like, him wheeling away in celebration. I remember Frank running towards the Chelsea fans. I remember, you know, the John Terry running off the bench like a madman. I remember me. I just remember me sitting on the floor and crying tears of joy. Like I I wasn't running around. I wasn't doing anything. I was just thinking, I, I couldn't process what had actually happened. It was just, it was one of those ones where it was like, I had to look back on it like a month later and say, we're actually champions of Europe. Like, this, hmm. this, this is reality. Chelsea Football Club are champions of Europe. You know, and the phrase was coined this season, that season, but Chelsea Football Club, champions of Europe against all odds, you know? Mm-hmm. And for me, that season, I mean, I, I highly doubt as a Chelsea fan I'll ever have a season as, like, fairytale-esque as that. You know what I mean? Like... Obviously, we'll have. I think in my lifetime we'll have better seasons than that. We'll have seasons yeah. where we're going to come back and we're going to dominate Europe again, and that will be satisfying, and it will mm. be absolutely amazing. But we're never going to have a fairy tale season like that again. I think that's mm. once in a lifetime.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, I mean, the story—the story is pretty much done. You know, we, we've mm. told everything. Obviously, we won the FA Cup that season against Liverpool, that was great. But, that, that Champions League run was, it summarized Chelsea, it summarized everything that Chelsea is. You know, it, whenever you doubt us, we always find a way. We're, like, throughout all the hardship and stuff, no matter how poorly we're playing, we will always find a way, no matter the players, no matter the team, no matter everything. Throw any variable against us, and, and, that literally like showed you know what Chelsea is all about and why all of us are pretty much Chelsea fans bound mm. it so yeah, I mean i I think we've pretty much we've pretty much told the story we've gone back in the past, and we've you know we we've got everything down now I think we should um you know let that settle you know just a little bit and then. You know, now, you know, obviously we've had a few seconds for it here. We've had, you know, probably about a minute since we've been talking about it. But
1: Mm.
0: now it's time to get into some general questions, I'd say, about that run. So Mm. for you, what do you think was the most most clutch goal?
1: (sighs) Clutch goal. Clutch goal. In the entire campaign?
0: In the entire
1: campaign. I mean, obviously, it has to be the header against yeah. Munich. Yeah. It has to be the header against Munich. Me. I mean, there were so many clutch goals, but when, like, I mean, there were, I mean, you could argue... I mean, there are so many... I can see so many different arguments for this. You could say the Napoli the Napoli match was a very... Cl- all the goals in that game were clutch, because without that, we wouldn't have gotten to where we got to. I mean, you could have said the same for Barcelona as well, but come on, if you think about it, If Drogba did not score that goal, that would have literally been the end of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, it just has to be Drogba's goal for me.
0: Yeah, for me, I mean, I I, I totally agree. I think it has to be Drogba's goal. I mean, considering the circumstances as well, no one expected it. Like, literally our last chance. Hmm. And he actually, like, went and equalized. Like, well, it was insane. Like, absolutely insane. To this day, I still can't believe he scored from that angle. Like, the way he has to, like, contort his neck to do that, you know. <laughs> I know, big words, but, like, it, it, it was insane. Like, for me, yeah, definitely most clutch goal. Um, now we have, what do you think was the best goal of the campaign? So in best terms goal. Of Best goal in terms of
1: quality. Oh, see, I'm not going to see. Look. I mean, my problem with what you said now was quality. So if you hadn't said that, I was definitely going for because the that goal is the one goal I remember very, very well. I mean, aside from everything that happened in the final, Marekši's goal was oh the the build up the the way he like I mean basically skilled that guy. I mean, some might argue that wasn't necessarily skill, but lifted the ball over him and then. My Hermans could have passed to Ramirez and Ramirez would have probably finished it off, but he decided to take it on himself and he scored the way he did and then celebrated. The combination of everything from there was absolutely sublime. But if I have to say best goal, it definitely has to be Ramirez's chip against Barcelona for me. Yeah. Lampard's wonderful pass. That was an absolutely gorgeous pass into Ramirez. And my man just basically chipped him was like, "Well, fuck you, I mean I'm as chill as I mean I'm so chill, I don't give a fuck sort of thing, so and he got the job done with a, an absolutely i mean what's the word a very beautiful goal, beautiful goal, yeah, that's my that that's the my i think that was the best goal of the campaign for me
0: for me, the best goal of the campaign I'm gonna have to um I think it's really a tie actually for me, mm. so I'm going to say it's between two goals. So for me, the first goal is the Morello's goal. Like Mm. the way he just drives the whole length of the pitch, you know, kind Mm. of fakes the pass to Ramirez and then Mm. slices across the ball and puts it in the top corner. Like the way that ball moves, it's just, it's like you said, it's beautiful. It's amazing. It's an amazing goal. But then the other goal that for me was a very, very good goal, like a very good team goal, was the Drogba goal in the first leg against Barca. Because mm. for me, I remember Lampard played a peach of a pass through to Ramirez, and I just remember thinking that that's a great team goal, you know? Ramirez, and Ramirez obviously squares it across the box to Drogba, who finishes it. But I remember, like, I just, for me, that's a very, very good team goal and a very good goal of quality overall. So I'd say it's a tie between those two for me.
1: Mm, I can, I totally understand. I mean, that's one of the goals that most people wouldn't necessarily choose, but I do understand what you're saying and where you're coming from.
0: Right. Um, Now, we have a little question that's not really, like, it's obviously, you know, pertained to this run, but... Do you think that this Champions League run and all the games that we saw, especially the semi-final and the final, do you think that those are the best consecutive defensive performances of all time?
1: I mean, those defensive performances, for me, that was a... Uh, I mean, oh, I'm not going to lie to you. I think our that defending that those games was just above... I mean, it was... That was a combination of really, really, really supremely lucky defending. Like, absolutely lucky defending. Because all we literally did was sit back. It's basically how all these teams in Premier League defend now. We sat back and just let them take shots. And there were some times that Munich absolutely dismantled that defence. And they just probably hit the bar or something. So... I really, I mean, just, I mean, at the end of the day, you can call, call it a good defensive. I, You can't really call it a good defensive display, in my opinion. I mean, obviously, they are very memorable. But, I mean, on a regular, you can't get those kind of defenses on a regular day because of how much luck was involved. Yeah,
0: I I agree with you on that. I think that, obviously, obviously our defending is, was superb, and we're not going to discredit that, but, like, you can only defend so well against a caliber of team that we were going up against, like your Barcelona or your Bayern Munich. And obviously Luck played a big hand to it. So for me to answer the question, I wouldn't say it's the best consecutive um, defensive performance of all time. But I would say that it's obviously a sublime um, defensive performance like mm. th- throughout. Um, Alright, with that being said, that brings us on to favourite moment. So, what was your favourite moment of the entire campaign?
1: My favourite moment?
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, besides winning Champions League.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Deep, um, Probably, it has to be Torres. Torres, I mean, with all that was surrounding him and how the fact he hadn't played well that season... And then the game against Barcelona, like, revenge. You know when you get, like, your revenge against someone? Revenge was complete. And the person that finished it off was so abused and everything. So, for me, it has to be Torres' goal against Barcelona.
0: For me, I'm just trying to think of the moment where, like, I felt the most joy. And, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to agree with you on that. Um, Mm. Because I just remember, like, you know, the sheer feeling of excitement. Like I said, I was knocked to the floor when that happened. Like I, I, I was just, I was going insane. I was going crazy. I probably looked like a wild animal, you know, <laughs> but like the sheer excitement in like, you know, craziness of the moment. I'd say that that was my favorite moment as well, because it's like, we've gone, we've gone to Barcelona and we've completed the revenge story. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, who, for you, who do you think was the uh, best player for us throughout the campaign?
1: I really honestly cannot single out one person. I felt like that was just the job. Okay, I mean, you, I can't. I really can't single out one person that was so pivotal to us actually winning that Champions League. I felt it was such a fantastic team effort. And all the old guard brought, put their heads together and said, you know what? I mean, and also, I mean, I feel this is an unpopular opinion, but I just think Matteo was there as a puppet. I'm not gonna lie to you. I felt like he had absolutely. I mean, yeah, he's obviously going. He's always going to go down as the man who was the manager when they won that Champions League. But I felt like we could have still done things the exact same way,
0: even no, if I he agree.
1: Wasn't there, even if he wasn't there. So, I just feel like the old, all the players, all the old guard, and everyone put their heads together and said, you know what, you guys let's absolutely push for this, this because we know this is our last chance.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, like I said, it's like you said, it's hard to uh, pick out the best player, but for me, I think, you know, when I think of DDR, Drogba, and really, I think of that campaign, he's kind of synonymous with it, in my opinion. Mm. Mm. So I'm going to have to say... uh, I definitely say that Drogo was the best player for me. However, you know that's not to discredit any of the other players because every Mm. single player throughout that Champions League run was immense. You know, just they bonded together. They did everything they could. So, yeah, that that's that's kind of how I feel about that. Um, And kind of uh, wrapping it up here, what was your favorite match
1: of the whole campaign? favorite match yeah uh in what sense exactly what exactly what sense do you? well mean? however
0: however you want to interpret that so like best quality you know best shithousery if you want to say um you know anything however you however you'd want to interpret that it's a pretty broad question which just leads for a pretty broad answer
1: mm, i mean if you're going to talk about in terms of entertainment and uh, quality, I'd probably say the Napoli, uh, the Napoli match. But in terms of overall, I mean, once again, we're back to the revenge story against Barcelona. And obviously, I'm not going to go for the cliché uh, Bayern Munich. I mean, because that was obviously the match that decided it all. But my favourite match has to be the second leg against Barcelona. That match was... It defined what Chelsea FC meant. It really did. That was the match that defined what Chelsea FC was for me personally?
0: For me, I think it was the comeback against Napoli because it's like we've seen mm. famous comebacks at the bridge before. Um, really, that was the only, fame, the only comeback that we had at the bridge during that run. So for me, I would definitely say that it was um, that game just because, you know, we, we went 2-1 down and instead of putting our heads down, you know, and just saying kind of just caving in. Really, the Chelsea spirit showed through like it always does. And we yeah. found our way back. And then, obviously, we went on to win the game. But like I said before, I really believe that when we went on and won that game, that, that really gave the players a ton of confidence, thinking, like, why not us? You know, why? why? Everyone's doubting us. Mm. Can, we, can we feed off of this? That sort of thing. So, yeah, I definitely would say that that was my favorite match, just because I think it sparked everything. It really... It's, it's the beginning of a, you know, memorable story. certainly one that I'm never going to forget in my lifetime. It's yeah. certainly some of the best months of my life. So, I mean, yeah, just in terms of final thoughts, do you really have anything else you want to say on in terms of, like, you know, the Champions League run? Anything you have thought about that you haven't said yet?
1: I mean, I think I've said it all, to be fair. I mean, that was just absolutely legendary. I can never forget that was... It just really defined what, Chelsea, I mean, it just, that campaign, When as we've done this, it just makes me remember what Chelsea used to mean. I mean, now we're trying to get all that done with the youth and that, but we haven't seen a Chelsea like that in years since that Champions League. I think it's been, I wouldn't say down, don't get me wrong, not downhill, but we haven't seen that type of Chelsea in years.
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely would agree. So, I mean, yeah, in terms of my final thoughts, like, you know, after, after, you know, watching that run and reliving it, I just think, I don't know, I find like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, say you have a bad day or something as a Chelsea fan, you can always just go like search highlights of any of those games and it'll make you happy. Mm. I mean, I just feel like it always serves as something to like look back on and say, you know, no matter how bad we're playing, like, eventually, you know, we're going to get back to this level. And for me, we, it wasn't even, like, we weren't even that good that season. It wasn't, it was just, you know, it was what we deserved after all the years of hardship. It's like, obviously now for modern-day Chelsea, it's about really getting back to the, the team, the caliber of, like, the 2010 league-winning team. Like, that caliber of team is what we need to get back. So, yeah, I mean that pretty much wraps everything up. Um uh and in terms of like, you know, the the final segment, do you have anything in mind or
1: the final segment? Yeah, do you have like any
0: crazy questions to
1: throw at me or Oh, crazy questions. Hmm uh what are we saying what are we saying uh i mean i don't really have any at the moment do you have any any any, anything
0: well i the thing is hmm. like i was thinking um the other day i think i had one what it was like um yeah i mean i guess you know if you could do it's kind of a stereotypical one but i kind of always find it interesting
1: okay
0: you know Say say the you know say the world or something is ending in like a day. Hmm. You you can only do one thing. What is that one thing that you
1: would do? Wow. That is a massively deep question that I have yes. absolutely never thought about. What is the one thing I would do? Huh. I mean, I'm gonna hear. I, I'm gonna have to think about this. What about you? What, what's the one thing you would do?
0: I'm trying to think, but I think the one thing that I would do is, I. This is gonna sound a bit crazy, but I would probably, you know, I make sure that there was no person within like three miles of the new Spurs stadium, and then I just what's the, the new Spurs stadium. Okay. I just make sure there's no person there that can be hurt or injured. And I just get a bomber and I bomb the fuck out of it.
1: That, wait, that, so...
0: I Honestly, I just destroy the new Spurs stadium. That's that. That's probably what I do.
1: Wait, so let me get this straight. If the world was going to end yeah. and you had one more thing to do, it would be to bomb this Spurs stadium.
0: Like... Obviously, if there's people in it, then obviously not. You know, I, I, the goal is not to hurt anyone. That's that's insane. The goal for me, it, it would just be destroying that literal shithole. That, that <laughs> for me, that would be a great way to go out, in my opinion.
1: Mm. Mm. Whew. One thing... You know, this is a question I've never thought of before. Like, genuinely, yeah. I have never, ever ever thought of it before
0: yeah i mean i i just thought of that answer on the spot i mean i'd probably given more time i'd probably change my answer but you know for now i'm gonna stick with it like i i can't really think of anything else i mean maybe like i don't i don't really know like maybe maybe go to like a place that i've always wanted to go to like i don't know maybe like thailand or like Asia, for example, I've always wanted to go and explore Asia, something yeah. like that. You know I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess for now, I guess you could say it's like any, it could be anything like pretty random, to be honest. It doesn't have to be exactly like, you know,
1: huh. I have to okay. have like three hours to
0: analyze. It's just like, you know, what, what comes to mind
1: immediately? Immediately. Yeah, I mean the first thing that came to my mind immediately was political, and I'm not going to get political on this podcast. So I'm going <laughs> to have to think of. So- <laughs> I'm going to have to think of something. I'm pro. What are we saying? What are we saying? Okay, now I thought of something. I right. thought of something. I'm probably going to get attacked massively for this, and you're probably going to be like, "What the fuck is this guy saying?" I am 100 percent certain. But <laughs> for me. If there was one final thing to do, yeah. Oh no, okay. You know what? I was going to say break a popular statue down and replace it with me, and make sure that statue has on a massive plaque written on it, the sexiest man alive. (laughs) But let's not break anything. That I think I'm just going to get a massive statue of myself,
0: Uh and
1: uh, yeah, so a massive statue of myself, get it built. And have the world's sexiest man to ever live. <laughs> it. Where, where would you put it? Where would you put it? Who, where would I put this? I mean, I probably put it, I mean, I don't, no, I'm not going to say that. I don't want to upset people. I'm probably going to put it, uh, I don't know, probably put it somewhere in London, to be fair. I don't know. Yeah. Right there in central London, smack in central London, something <laughs> like that. Yeah, that's probably where I'm going to put it. And now that I think about it, I have an interesting question for you before we close up on the podcast as well. All right. I want to find out, so do you have any role models? Ooh, yes,
0: I definitely do. Um, hmm. Well, Obviously, being a Chelsea fan, you know, my main role model of my life has been, like, Didier Drogman. He's my absolute hero. I love the guy. Um, he's my favorite Chelsea player of all time. But in terms of, like, other role models and people to follow. I mean, huh, I'm just trying to think, like, I mean, like, I can think of, like, other stories that inspire me, like, I don't know, like, for example, like, Nelson Mandela. I mm. think that that he is definitely someone that, you know, inspires me, because it's like, for him, he was obviously in prison for so long and to come back out and basically be the most famous person to be South African. Is- mm. You know, very, very impressive. Um, mm. And it's obviously a shame that um, he died a few years ago. But definitely him. I mean, you know, I, like, I definitely say him and Drogba as well. Because, you know, Drogba stopped a war as well. That's, that's something that a lot of people forget. Mm. But, I mean, I'm trying to think. Because, I mean, uh, I, I have a lot of people I look up to but I don't really have, like, a lot of role models. I guess I'd say my dad as well.
1: Okay, I mean, role models, I mean, people you look up to, like, you can do that as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess I'd say, yeah, probably, like, role models. Like, do you mean, like, like famous people or, like... No, some... anyone at all. People you look up to generally. Yeah, I, I just, I'd just, i probably say those three. I'd say Mandela, Drogba, and my dad, probably.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. I mean, I have an unorthodox... Li- I mean, I can't really think of a lot of people myself. But, I mean, two people that, at the moment, I really do respect. Uh, number one, I'm sure you... Do have you heard of Helen Keller? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do respect Helen Keller, honestly. I mean, what she did, considering her situation, was absolutely amazing. And another person I'm actually... I really have much respect for is Jay-Z, Mm-hmm. I know it's a, it's a bit of an unorthodox one, but like, I've as I've gotten a bit older, and I re-listened to some of the stuff he sang a couple of years ago, rapped on, he's, he's trying to improve, like he's trying to change our generation, he's trying to give us, like, he's speaking bare facts, that's all I'm saying, and for anyone who's yeah, yeah. trying to get an example from what I'm saying is, if you listen to the 444 album, I don't know if you listen to Jay-Z at all, but... That album, I listened to it, and I found that damn, this guy is giving us like some real life advice here, and uh, he really he it. Like, I mean, if you're not um, too smart to notice what he's saying, you just pick up the up the, um, the mundane, like regular, obvious um, bars and stuff like that. But yeah, those two at the moment, pretty much. To be fair. Yeah, I mean, I definitely
0: think that those are two people definitely to uh look up to. Cuz I mean I know I know for Jay-Z as well like he came from a very very rough area in New York City mm. and mm. the way the way he's got out and made a, a career for himself it's 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 very inspiring and impressive. So yeah, definitely I understand both of those. Mm. Um yeah, I mean just to wrap the podcast up guys start sending us questions please please.
1: Yeah. And also, for anyone that makes it to the end of the episode, I wasn't going to drop this at the beginning, but we have a really, really massive guest on the next episode. Yes. Uh, I'm looking forward to meet... I mean, you guys probably know him on Twitter, but he's absolutely love this guy and uh yeah he's i've known him for i mean i followed him on my regular account a year before i followed him on my football account my football account is relatively new but he's someone i've known for a long time and i'm actually so happy i actually was able to get him on the podcast we were able to get him on the podcast sorry and uh yeah yeah, so look forward to that if you did actually make it to the end of the episode and uh before i wrap up josh do you have anything else to say no i mean
0: the last thing i'm gonna say is
1: just Send
0: questions to that email. I mean, anything we will answer it. It doesn't have to be football-related at all. I mean, mm. anything, as long as it's, like, you know, not you know, racist or homophobic or anything like that, then, yeah, we're going to answer it. So, mm. uh, the,
1: the email if is... Racist, if you send your racist questions, I'm going I'm to show up sure at your door from the <laughs> fuck. God i'm joking before you call the feds all right yeah you're saying the email uh yeah the email
0: guys just email the fulham road podcast at gmail.com and we will answer your questions so yeah that's that's it from me
1: mm. so guys thank you for listening if you did make it to the end for you know what if you did make it to the end send me a dm saying that you did make it to the end and actually said that the key word is cheese and if you did actually make it to the end i will pro- i pro i will shout you out i will shout you out on twitter i mean i have a minuscule account if I, we could get josh to shout you out i mean yeah I, yeah yeah. Up, send, yeah
0: send send me a
1: message on twitter at pessimistic josh
0: yeah send me a message on there and yeah i'll definitely i'll do a shout out of everyone who does who's made it this far
1: yeah the key word is cheese yeah yeah exactly so thank you guys for listening to this episode of the podcast i'm sure you're going to absolutely enjoy the next episode and episodes after that because we have a massive guest guest list upcoming so yeah thank you guys very much for listening uh And we hope to get you back on the next episode of the Fulham Road Podcast. My name's been Dami, and this has been Josh. We will catch you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye.